one of the most famous passages in the Haggadah is a passage we know as Manishtana. Um, it's famous for a lot of reasons. Probably most most um, powerful reason is because of the performance component of it, of kids getting up and singing it and demonstrating their virtuosity in being trained to ask questions that in many cases are not questions to them because they know the answers or they're not questions because they don't even understand the question. So I'd like to look back at Manishtana and what this paragraph really is. And as you notice on the on the handout, underneath the words Manishtana with a couple of question marks and an exclamation <coughs> mark, I, uh, I listed seven different digits. And I only crossed one of them out, which is the digit two. And I put the whole thing bracketed in question marks because my question is, how many questions are there in the Manishtana? Now, you ask the average guy on the street, he'll tell you four, and he'll wonder what the other numbers are there. Is it a telephone number that he's not sure? But I'm going to show you that it is possible that there are six questions in this passage, that there are five, that there are four, that there are three, that there's one, and even the possibility that there are no questions at all. Let's take a look at it. We'll start with two psukim from uh, from Sefer Shmot, from Parakut Gimel. And one of the psukim, as you could see, we are commanded to teach our kids, to tell our kids about Yitziat Mitzrayim. And this is not given in the context of the child uh, initiating any interaction. It is up to the parent to start. In the next mention of interaction with kids, which is six psukim later, the Torah presents the other model, which is when your child asks you, then you answer him. And of course, this pro- more properly belongs to the to a shear about the Arba Manim, which we've done a number of times over the years. Um, but it's critical for understanding what's going on here. Now, which of these two models would you assume is preferable for a teaching environment? When you initiate, when the teacher initiates, or when the student stats child initiates the interaction? What do you think is preferable? When the student initiates. Right. You guys, a stakeholder, he's interested. You can kind of follow his question to see how much you can give him, what are his points of interest. Right. So obviously that's preferable, but sometimes there's going to be a situation where he won't ask and therefore you've got to initiate. Okay. Now you take a look at source three and this is the Mishnah as you will find it in a printed version of the Mishnah. Nusach Adfus. But we have to remember that when you open up a Mishnah, when you open up a Gemara, when you open up a Rambam, when you open up Rashi's commentary on Chumash, any of the classic works, especially works that were originally produced in the era before printing, you will find different versions based on different manuscripts um, of the text, and such is definitely the case with the Mishnah. We're looking at the Mishnah uh, in the 10th paragraph of Sachim, Mr. Dalad, uh, which describes the Manishtana. Now, along the way, I want you to keep in mind three questions, not four, but three questions. Question number one is how many questions there are here. Question number two is who's asking the questions? And I don't just mean child or adult, and I don't just mean youngest or, or what birth order thing, which is not very relevant. Um, what does the person who's asking these questions know and what do they not know? That's the second question. Right. And the um, the third question is, um, is 
Well, we'll suffice with those two questions. Oh, the third question is, how would you translate the word ma in manishtana? And there's several possible translations, none of which is what. So the usual translation, just like when you ask what does key mean when studying something in the Torah, one word it almost never means is because. And here the word ma translates several different ways, none of which are what. So keep that in mind. Let's read the Mishnah. Mazgulo kosheni. Now this is in Arab Sachim, which describes the evening. You pour the first cup, you say kiddush, then they bring the food in front of the table, including the Korban HaPesach, when the times of the Beit HaMikdash. And the next Mishnah reads, they would pour the second cup. At this point, the kid asks his father. And if the child does not have sufficient knowledge, then the father teaches him. Okay? Now, I put in commas here, but I'm not sure that a comma is the right thing to put. Are you going to put a comma or a period here, or are you going to put a colon here? That's going to be a question. Now, we're not going to translate that question yet, because the translation will depend on how we view the whole picture. And then, By the way, we're familiar with all this information, nothing new. There are some versions of the Haggadah where we read which is blatantly untrue because we have salad and we have other things. Anyhow, right? You know the tune for this one because we sing it every year. Right? Every night we eat meat that's roasted and boiled and cooked. Tonight it's only roasted meat. Right? Now, you're aware, of course, this is a question that is not currently asked. Every night we dip once, tonight we dip twice. Uh, by the way, is that true that we dip once normally? Good question. All right. Now, that's the part of the Mishnah that I want to look at. And then the father then teaches the kid based on the kid's ability to perceive and to understand, comprehend, and that leads us into the Haggadah. Okay. If you take a look, before going further, take a look at source four, which is the same Mishnah, but in the Kaufman manuscript, you'll see some glaring differences. The first difference that sticks out is that there's only three questions or lines here, which is, which means, by the way, not matbilin, but metablin, may be critical. What is critical is that in this version, he says, we never dip, and tonight we dip twice. Not normally we dip once. Normally we dip zero, and now we dip twice. Um, third of all is that metablin suddenly became the first question instead of the last one. Then you have chametzu matzah, then you have the meat, and by the way, there's only three. The Maror question is not even here. Kind of strange. What is going on? The rest of the Mishnah follows, follows in suit. By the way, if you notice that I gave you this, the Ktav Yad Kaufman, the Kaufman manuscript, the picture of it on the left side, you can see right where my cursor is that the word Ain is actually off on the side as a margin note. And if you read the Mishnah, it reads, not Vachan, but Vachain, Haben Shoel, and then Im Da'at Baben Aviv Malamdo which read straight up would mean if the kid is able to perceive, then the father teaches him. 
right? And then on the side, it says Ain, which means almost assuredly the copyist just forgot the word Ain and then put a little marker in here, a little circle, and then put on the side saying the word Ain belongs in there. All right, we'll read it as Ain, although people have given explanations with the word Ain missing. Okay, so um, we have these two different versions, and now I want to ask you these questions again. Question one is, um, what does the kid know, or what is whoever's asking us, what does he know and not know that he's asking us? And I'll, I'll clarify. If the kid knows that we're going to eat maror and we're going to dip again and there's going to be roasted meat in this case, then doesn't he know that tonight's special? I mean, it's a little bit weird for him to know all these details and not know what the evening's all about. Right? Second question is, how do we interpret the word ma here? Right? And along with that, the question is, who's asking? But how do we interpret the word ma? How do we translate the word ma? All right. So any thoughts on that before we move ahead on any of those things? Okay, so while we're here, let me just ask you, because again, at the beginning of this year, I said we have six different choices about how many questions there are here. Uh, how many questions do you see in paragraph three in the printed version of the Mishnah? How many questions do you see? Uh, one. One. What's the one question? So what are the other four? What are those? Examples. Those are examples to straighten the, straighten the question, which means the kid is reciting this whole thing, right? And the kid is asking a question, and the father's looking and saying, what do you mean? He said, well, for instance, we're eat, only eating matzah, and et cetera. Et cetera. Which, of course, raises the question is, well, how come this kid knows about stuff that we're going to be eating later, but doesn't know what the evening's, what's special at the evening? Yes. Yeah. Is there anything about the progression of the four examples? Um, I don't know. What, what do you think? Well, I mean, I, I, I'm only asking the question now because, you know, usually you give an example and that example doesn't work. Well, if that didn't work, let me try this. And you keep going progressively to something that's even more and more either obvious or supportive of the idea. It could be, in which case the Kaufman manuscript is really a problem because the whole order has changed. So does that mean that one of them went in an order of chronology and one went in the order of argumentation? I don't know. Good question. I don't know. Right? So it's possible there's one question here, and the other four are are examples to substantiate the question, which means the kid is reciting this whole thing. If that's the case, let's look back at the first line and see what it says. Mazgulo kosheni v'kana ben shoel aviv. And what is it that the kid asks? Anishtana. So what does it mean? What does that mean? So maybe that's a parenthetic statement, which means if the kid can't do this, then skip this, but the father should teach him. We go back to the first model that we saw. We got to tell the minute what the father initiates. That's possibility one. Okay. Now, how many? Uh, I see the possibility of five questions here, which is just basically saying what Dovi said, but just playing with it a little bit. That the kid says, and then the four sub questions of it. But it's pretty much the same thing. Okay. If you look at 
Tagad Kalfman, then you can easily say there's three instead of four, right? Or four instead of five, however you want to say it, or there's still one, the same thing. Let's take a look at what it is that's happening here, because I want to get us to the two odd answers, which are six and zero, because I think I can prove six. Well, six is going to be just one version, and I think I can prove zero pretty pretty successfully. Let's take a look. First of all, what are the, here's a question about researching manuscripts. You see one manuscript that has four lines, we'll call them question statements, whatever, which is chametz, maror, meat, and dipping. And then you have another one that has three. Which do you think is the original? In other words, did somebody have an original text with four, and in copying, he left one out? Or did somebody have an original text with three, and in copying, he added one in? What do you think? What's more likely? Dropping. What? I would think dropping. So you think that the version in our printed Mishnah was originally there, the four, and then somehow when they were copying Kaufman, we saw the word ain't got left out, they left the whole line out, right, about Maror. Not unreasonable, except for the following problem. What is the question about dipping? Notice, everything else here is germane to the central foods of the evening, chametz and Maror, Maror, Matzah, and the Korban Pesach. What's the dipping? What is that? So what is it that they would dip twice at the meal? The answer is Maror. Originally, they would dip Maror twice, which means that the, the dipping question is really the Maror question, which is what, what, are the two, what? what are the two dippings? There's a dipping at the beginning, which is hors d'oeuvres, and we're going to look at that in a minute, which is what we call karpas, but that would be with maror. It's clear in the Gemara it was maror. And then the second time is later on when you're going to have the maror as part of the meal. All right? So if that's the case, then I'm going to turn Dovi around, which is to say that, and most scholars will agree with this assessment, that originally there were three statements. And because Metablin, at a later point, they started using other things, so they added in the question about Maror to make it clear that there was a question about Maror, in which case Metablin became a little <laughs> bit of a, of a side thing. And notice that Metablin both has two versions, Metablin and Matbilin, and also has two very different versions of we normally dip once, tonight twice, or we normally dip none at all and tonight twice, which is a very big difference. Metablin is the one that gets really, and by the way, it's of these two questions, the one that gets shifted around most. It goes from last to first. It it changes the verb. It changes the normal reality. The other ones stay pretty much the same. So in order to, to put this into proper context, we have to ask a larger question. What is it that would, um, what was the, order of the events in the evening. What is our order of the events? We sit down, we make Kiddush, then what do we do? So we have an hors d'oeuvre, and we wash first. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And then afterwards, we pretty much get into Magid, and one of the first things we do in Magid is Manishtana, right? Which, of course, is strange. The kids asking is, 
very sophisticated questions about things that are going to happen much later in the evening. He may be asleep by then. Um, and another piece of the puzzle is, when do we ever answer the questions of Manishtana? You ever notice how unsatisfying the, the answers are? What's the question? What's the answer? Is that an answer? If the kid is that young, that unsophisticated, that much of a neophyte, whatever you, however you want to define him, that he's still asking, he needs a pretty good answer on the spot. You notice that in the Seder we don't give that answer? Are you aware of that? There's not an answer on the spot. Okay. So, interesting thing that Rav Shmaya, Rav Shmaya, Rashi's student, one of Rashi's students, points out in this commentary on the Haggadah. He makes an observation, and I, he doesn't say where he gets the observation from, but I think it can be pretty convincingly proven from the Mishnah of Rav Psachim. And the question is as follows. At what point in the evening is the meal? So what would you answer? Somebody comes up to you on the street. I heard you have this big holiday coming up, right? Dovey, maybe street in Chicago, not in Beit Shemesh, everybody knows. But a, uh, I heard you have a big holiday coming up. I have a big meal. What else do you do? Oh, we tell a story. We ask questions. Says, Fine, when's the meal? What's the answer? When's the meal relative to everything else? Middle yeah. end. After, yeah. after all the storytelling. Right? Then you have the meal, eat very late at night, very unhealthy, etc. Never said never said enough. Right? And and it, by the way, it is an issue. For many people, it's like, come on, let's get to the food. In many cases, especially when you're running a Seder for a lot of people or a public Seder, you have to really cut down the actual Haggadah to make sure that people uh, you know, don't lose patience. And um, and it's a it's a cheshbon. If you take a look at the Mishnah Psachim, it actually seems to say that that was not the order. And Rabbi Nishmaya says it explicitly. He says, in the times of the Beit HaMikdash, the meal was first. The meal was first. Now, why would the meal be first and why would it switch? So, uh, a friend of mine made an interesting suggestion. He said, look, in the times of the Mikdash, what was Pesach? Pesach was chiefly Korban Pesach. And Korban Pesach with Matzah Maror, it's a Doraita, there's a Chiyuv Karet for not participating. It is absolutely vital, and it is a recommitment to the Brit. And if you got a kid who this is the first year that they're aware of what they're doing, or the first year that they can sit at a table or recline at a table and eat, this is your entrance into the Brit. This is the biggest moment of the year. Now, I've got four hours ahead of me, or five hours, six hours ahead of me this evening. What do I want the kid awake for? if he can't stay awake the whole time? The answer is the meal. That's the main thing. But what happens with the Chorban Beit HaMikdash? The meal is no longer anything more than a Yontif meal. It's very nice, but it's a Yontif meal. It's no Chorban Pesach. Matzah becomes secondary to what it was, and Maror is the Rabbanan. So what becomes the core? What is it that I really want the kid to be there for is the story. That actually becomes the Brit. Think about how each of us, and go back as far back as you have to go in your memory, whether it's 20 years or 70 years, go back and think about how you were initiated into your Jewish awareness at the Pesach table. Hearing the story, realizing you were part of something grand, 
realizing you're part of something that will stretch way back in history and it's going to be here forever. Starting to understand at some point, now I've got to find a way to pass this on to my kids. It's a very big thing. And so it gets shifted. But I want, and, and that leads to an interesting uh, consequence. Manishtana, as much as it stays real because we dropped the question about the meat because that's no longer the case. By the way, what question took its place? It's not in the Mishnah. Masubin. Masubin, because in their day, they all reclined. That wasn't weird. Today, it's weird, so we asked Masubin. <clears throat> you know, the questions have to be real questions. They can't be something about something that's not, re- not there. And yet the questions are somewhat plastic. They're somewhat fake. Because here you got a kid who's been trained to ask questions. If you're trained to ask questions and there's a tune and you know how to harmonize, then it's not real, not a real question. It's a show. However, if you take a look at it from perspective of the original Seder, it's certainly not a show. By the way, that it might explain why you have the following odd little story or odd little saying of Rabbah. Psachim here. And source 16. In the beginning of the evening, they bring out a table of food. And then, before they do anything else, they pick it up. That was the minig in the, in the Gemara. They pick up the table and take it away. And the Gemara says, Why do they do that? So the little kids will see something weird, and they'll ask a question. And here's a story. Remember, Abaye was Rabba's nephew, and Rabba raised him. Abaye was born an orphan. And Abaye was sitting there as a little kid in front of Rabba at the Seder. He saw that they took picked up the food and they took it away at the beginning of the meal. Amarlohu, he said to the servants, we didn't eat yet. Come on, you're taking the table away from us. Watch what happens. Amarle Rabba, Rabba turned to him and said, Okay, now we don't have to say Manishtana anymore. So we're going to talk in a minute about what he means by that. But the first thing that's glaring is that. He wants to get out of Manishtana because I think Rabbi senses Manishtana in their day is no longer really meaningful. So, okay, we're part of Manishtana. Let's move ahead. If they had the, yes, if they had the meal first, yeah. then it wouldn't seem so different than any other one to put it. It would seem very different because, because, here we go, what does the kid see at the meal? The kid sees no chametz, only matzah. The kid suddenly sees maror, and the kid sees instead of all different kind of meats, all the meat is roasted. The pesach is roasted, the chagig is roasted, only roasted meat. He's going to see these weird things. So now, watch what happens. The previous Mishnah, if you're looking at source four, the previous Mishnah said, Mishnah Aleph, I'm going to go right through it. Mishnah Aleph, you have to make sure not to eat too much on Arab Pesach, and everybody has to have four cups of wine. Mishta Bet is Kiddush. Mishta Gimel is you bring all the food out to the table, and in the times of the Mikdash, you bring out the Korban Pesach. Mishta Dalit is right here. When would they pour the second cup? They pour the second cup as dessert wine. In other words, they bring the Korban Pesach out. Everybody would eat. The meal's not mentioned in the Mishta there. They would eat. And then when the meal was done, they'd pour a second cup. And now the kid would ask questions. And what would he ask? He would ask about something he just saw. Hey, come! how come tonight we're only eating matzah? How come tonight we dip twice? How come tonight all this meat is roasted? He's now asking intelligent questions that are a reflection of what he's just experienced. 
And by the way, notice there's three questions here, which are, why are we eating matzah? Why are we dipping the hind? Why are we eating maror? And why is all the meat roasted? And what does Rabbi Gamliel in the very next Mishnah say you have to do? If you don't explain these three things, and notice, Megamala doesn't just say you've got to say them, you've got to explain them, which are Pesach, Matzah, and Marorim, or Maror. And then he says, Pesach is because God jumped over the houses, or protected the houses. Maror, because the Egyptians admitted our lives. Matzah, that we were redeemed. By the way, this is the answer to Manishtana. What you're seeing here is the answer to Manishtana. Manishtana, the kid, asked three questions, and the answer to those questions is, because. Why matzah? Because God redeemed us. My reward? Because we had a bitter life in Egypt. Why Pesach? Because Hashem Pesach alavatim. This is the answer to it. Now, the question is, what happens today? What happens today with the Seder being reversed? And by the way, also, what happens today if we have kids? We'll take a look at the Mishnah. I'm going to suggest that after the words melamdo, there may be a colon. Not a comma, not a period. You pour the second cup, and at this point, the kid asks his father a question. Now, in our Seder, with the food coming later, what is it that the kid asks? What does the kid ask? Maybe. Take a look at the text and tell me what the kid asks, just based on the first half of the first line. You pour the second cup, and at this point, the kid asks. Yeah? Why are you pouring the second cup? Why are you pouring the second cup? That's what Rashi says, by the way. Why are you pouring the second cup? The kid could also ask, how come we had to change the dishes? The kid could also ask, how come there's um, a broken piece of matzah on the plate? In other words, what's the kid supposed to ask at this point? Whatever occurs to him. A kid asks a good question. If a kid asks a good question, then what does the father do? The father answers him and moves on. And remember what Rabbi said to Abaye? Ooh, we're putter from Anishtana because you asked a good question. What was your good question? Why'd they take the table away? Good, good question. Now let's go. In other words, we've done what Manishtana is there to accomplish. Now let's see how it works. If the kid doesn't have the ability, the father teaches him, what does the father teach him? The father says, Manishtana. So I'm going to now, before moving on, just ask this question. How do you translate the word ma in Manishtana? I asked it before, but now let's come back to it. How do you translate the word ma here? Why? Okay, good. Good. So let's start with why. Very good. Why is tonight different? All right? In which case, who says the next four lines? Got to be the kid. And those are like... What? You said he's. You said the kid saw everything, so it would be the kid. Yeah, and even in our in our switched seder today, it could still be the kid if the kid hears that we're going to do this or somehow finds out. Right. 
He could say, why is that different? Why are we eating matzah? Why, et cetera. Give me another translation for ma. How? How? How do we make tonight different? In which case, who says the next four lines? The father. Father. How are we going to make tonight different? The answer is we're going to eat matzah. We're going to dip, etc. And now I'm going to give you yet a third option, which is that there are no questions in this paragraph whatsoever. And I'll read the Mishnah again. You pour the second cup, and at this point, the kid asks questions. If the kid can't ask a question, the father teaches him, and now the word ma has to be understood differently. What does the word ma mean? Ma can mean a few things. Ma can mean how in the sense of a mechanical how. How do you do this? And that we would say ha'ech. Or how is tonight special? That's what we just asked. But it can also be the rhetorical how, which is how great are you? Which, by the way, we have in Tilim. Ma gadlu Read Manishtana that way and try it on. Look how different tonight is. Every night we eat whatever tonight only matzah. Every night we don't dip tonight, etc. Now, you think I'm making that up, right? And that would, by the way, mean that there's no questions here. Please take a look at this very surprising paragraph in the Rambam. Right? The Rambam, source 18. This is Hilchot Chametzu Matzah, Parakhet. The Rambam describes the Seder in Parakhet, goes straight through it, just like Arib Sachim, but of course with updated details. You pour the second cup, Bechana Ben Shoel. Bechana Ben Shoel means, and then at this point the kid asks, Ve'omer HaKorei. And now the reader, the hind of the father, the leader says, Notice there's no, there's no question. He doesn't say, He says, The father declares, By the way, so far, there's no questions, but there's two statements here. That's three. Interesting. That's four. That's five. And by the way, there's six. Now, they're not questions. How this is read depends on several moving parts. Part of it is, of course, how you punctuate this Mishnah. After the word Aviv Malamdo, is there a comma or is there a colon? Our Mishnah don't have punctuation. I mean, our printed ones, people put punctuation in, but that's arbitrary. Is Aviv Malamdo a, a parenthetic statement? If the kid doesn't know, then the father should teach him. But what the kid's supposed to be asking is Manishtana. Or is Aviv Malamdo colon? And this is what the father should say. 
Next, po- next possibility is, next issue and this moving part is, how do you translate ma? Is ma how? Is ma why? Or is ma wow? If ma is why, then the father's, then the whole thing is the kid. In which case, the answer is Rabbi Gamliel. If the question is how, then the four things are the father, saying this is how we're going to make it special. And if the ma is wow, then the whole thing is the father. And that I reproduced for you on the last page of this handout, which you got an email, right here. Three different ways to read this. Here, the kid's asking everything. Here, the kid is asking one question, the father's answering. And here, the father's declaring the whole thing. And this indeed may be the Chacham, this may be the Tam, and this may be the Shana Daily Show, which we'll mm-hmm. touch on next week. Yes. Could you also argue that you know, the first part is instructional and uh, without the food being there? And then when the food comes out, it reinforces the things they've learned before. I, th- I think that's very good. Good point. But remember, if we're talking about it, I, I agree with that. And I think theory, in, in, in theory, that image is very good. In practice, pedagogically, with kids who are at this uh, undeveloped stage of understanding, at this immature stage of understanding, I think they need immediate reinforcement, which is why, again, the image that this happened right after the meal makes it much a much stronger point. And then it's not a show. Then the kids are really asking, you know, how come we just had a whole meal? We didn't have any chametz there. But could be a lot of interesting questions. And hopefully we'll have a lot more between now and Pesach. We'll meet next week and we'll take a look at the, uh, probably at the Arba Banim. We'll see.